0: afternoon ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of we're gonna need a bigger show and today we are kicking off our month-long celebration of all things halloween and scary and whatnot uh and i'm really excited today uh recently i got to check out a film called death and we are dead excited to have jason lee howden the director with us today jason thank you so much for joining us hey awesome thank you mike Um, so yeah, man, I, I want to just kind of jump right into it. Uh, First and foremost, I absolutely adored the film. Um, I thought, you know, it was just, I know one of the trailers said this is the reason you go to the movies and and it absolutely is i mean it it just everything about it was was incredible
1: oh cheers <laughs> thank you so much i'm I'm glad you enjoyed it oh
0: it was it was fantastic so to start off um i mean i can i can probably guess a lot of your influences in the film but in your early life i mean what was what was film like for you i mean did you did you were you a big horror fan growing up
1: i uh, honestly from from so early on i can I can still remember like when I was um like five or something, like seeing a vampire book and and picking it up and i I don't know it was always there. I can't even explain it but um yeah i've I've always been attracted to horror movies and always you know tried to my parents are really conservative, so they um tried to stop me like every time I was like. I was trying to like uh you know get horror movies or watch them on TV or whatever they were like um no <laughs> I remember the, the V um TV series came out and that I wasn't oh, sure. able to watch that and um but yeah I think um uh, a big part of my um, upbringing was like in New Zealand I uh, after school I was like nine years old and I went into this department store and you know they have the wall of TVs like all those TV sets in like the department store. Right, some employee had just chucked on uh, Peter Jackson's bad taste like <laughs> just like 4 o'clock like in the afternoon and I was just like walking home from school and I was just, I just went to check out Nintendo games and then I saw this um, like just crazy shit happening on all these screens and I was like I just sat there and watched it to the end and I, I, I was just trying to work out what was happening and um, sure. I think that's the moment I became traumatized for life and uh <laughs> But it was That's great funny. and um it was awesome seeing like the splatter stuff and it was just so funny. But also I think the big thing for me as a Kiwi was seeing like another seeing like you know, hearing New Zealand accents on the screen because I hadn't seen anything from New Zealand until then. Like we just watched British or American like films and TV. So it was um yeah, it was de- definitely like a, a big moment for me.
0: Sure. That's funny because i I remember some of my early uh horror influence was was going to the the video store and seeing you know all these v h s tapes and seeing the the v h uh, s cover for bad taste and for dead alive <laughs> and just being you know enamored with that that's that's nuts um so i I guess to talk a little bit about deathgasm i mean were you also into metal growing up? And I mean, were you, were you in bands like the kids in the movies?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, again, it was, I think, um, you know, something my parents just hated. And I, I, I actually, <laughs> I, I remember like walking past music shops when I was quite young and just seeing like Motley Crue, um, like, and, and, um like Iron Maiden album covers and just thinking, man, this must be like just some sinister evil shit right there. <laughs> like it must just sound like just Satan, like just, having a rectal prolapse or something. And I um I and then you pick up like Motley Crue and it's like girls, girls, girls. You know, right. like so it wasn't until um, you know, I think when I was thirteen I got uh one of my friends handed me like a dub tape of a uh, cannibal corpse and that was like that sounded like the ab- <laughs> the album covers looked. <laughs> like it was right. just yeah just grunting roaring chugging sort of metal and um yeah i actually yeah, so i got into death metal i was really big into death metal like morbid angel deicide sepultura uh-huh. and then i um i went back and started listening to the classics like iron maiden black sabbath and um yeah it was just you know i was hooked it was uh it really spoke to me you know at that time in my life I, you know i you know, I had moved to this small town, and I was like, you know, didn't really have any friends. So, huh. I think having you know the middle there just it felt like someone else understood what I was going through, and um, that's something I wanted to get across in the movie as well. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually I was um I was in a few bands as well. Um, like uh, later on in the late nineties, um, they were terrible, <laughs> but it was uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. Like the best time of my life, actually.
0: Sure. Um, so going from there then, I mean, when did that kind of reconcile with wanting to, to be in film in some capacity? I mean, did you know early on that you wanted to be a filmmaker or was it, you know, as you started to think about higher education?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I, my, my first job out of high school, um, was a, um, as a video editor at a local TV station. So okay. And um, so, like, you know, I spent, like, my teenage years at a TV station, like, filming, like, uh, you know, the, what do they call them, like, the, you know, demolition derby sort of things, (laughs) like, at the Speedway, like, and um, basketball games and all this other crazy stuff. And then I'd edit together music videos. So, it was kind of like a dream job for for someone that young, except it paid like shit. But um, (laughs) it was still still fun. So, I guess when you look at it like that, I've kind of been in the the film and TV industry for like, like shit, 25 years now or something ridiculous. But yeah, Yeah. it wasn't until, uh, in the two thousands, I went to film school and, um, you know, really kind of, um, tried to, tried to, you know, drive, you know, my career that way and, and actually try and try and get from like behind the camera to like actually, you know, in the director's chair. um, and, you know, it was fun. It was like um, I, I made a few short films and a few music videos and just like, you know, made a lot of mistakes and, <laughs> you know, learned a lot. And, yeah, um, you know, I'm really, you know, proud and, and privileged to have made a feature film finally. Um, sure. It's uh you know, it's something that I know a lot of New Zealand filmmakers, you know, are are trying to get that first feature there. And I I know it's not easy for, you know, and, you know, in the United States as well, you know, it it takes a little hard work. So. Absolutely.
0: Um, So one of the really intriguing things to me when I was doing a little bit of reading up on you was you have this incredible VFX background. Um, Did, did that, help you you know kind of I mean prepare yourself for you know uh being a a first-time feature film director
1: yeah I mean in in some ways like it was I actually I got into uh VFX after um I I directed this short film on a green screen (laughs) and then I couldn't find anyone to do the visual effects so I like (laughs) I picked up some tutorials and just taught myself and then um and then I discovered that I could um get some, <laughs> make money from doing that. So yeah, I've been doing that for like you know uh, I think seven years now, and um you know it's it's great. It's you know it's um to be honest though, like it, you know it's it's very different. Like you you're looking at like one shot, or like sometimes just one frame, and sometimes just like one pixel. Um, so sometimes it can can actually be quite an abstract process. And then when like you know I I worked on stuff um, you know like films recently like the last Hobbit movie and um, and a few other things like you know the Wolverine movie as well and right. you know you work out of them you work on them out of context and then you see the movie and you're like your shot just flies past and like a, like <laughs> a second and um, you're like wow
0: <laughs> right
1: um, but yeah there's so a, a lot of making Deathgasm was about sort of having a break from being behind the computer and, and you know, being out there with people and actors and learning how to, you know, direct actors and, and you know, to move a camera around. And, I mean, if, I think, you know, there's some, you know, because I'm a, comp- a VFX compositor, so there probably is some, like, in terms of composition and in terms of that sort of stuff, there probably are some, you know... And also I did a lot of the VFX for Deathgasm as well, like the, the stuff that you don't really see, like painting out wires and... uh um, you know, all that sort of stuff. But <laughs>
0: right. Um, so in, in getting into at Deathgasm itself, uh, I mean, it was part of a filmmaking competition. I mean, did the idea for Deathgasm exist before the competition or, you know, how did, how did the two coincide?
1: Yeah. So we, we back in 2010, me and my mate, uh, Tim, uh, who is a makeup artist, we're just like, you know, we weren't, we weren't really doing anything. We're like, you know, we'll we should do this like you know, sort of splatter movie, um, and it'll be like kind of a trauma sort of thing, and you know, just over the top, just blood and guts, and we'll call it Deathgasm Part Like Sixty Six Intesticidal, um, <laughs> I think was the full title. It was like you know how you know like the Friday the Thirteenth. They've got all the all the sequels. It was like sure. we were starting from Part Sixty Six. It was just this kind of like kind of grindhousey sort of thing that we wanted to do and um and yeah then then later on when the, the film com- competition came along I kind of revisited the idea and then had the idea to put like me and my mates uh when we were like metalheads like you know um you know well you know hardcore metalheads in our teens I'm still a metalhead <laughs> but you know take ourselves and, and make them into characters and just you know sort of like Imagine if we had to save the world, how fucked would the world be? <laughs> like that was my whole thing behind it was like we're we're you know like total, like not heroes at all so um and yeah, so that then um, I entered the competition with like that idea, and I had four other ideas, like they were mainly kind of thriller sort of uh sort of more sort of serious ideas and then, um, yeah, Deathgasm was, like, the most ambitious idea as well, and, but, yeah, for, for me, it was the most fun, and then that was the one they chose. Wow, that's um, awesome. And then we had to make it for next to nothing, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, you yeah, know, it was a great process, and. Um, we I think there were like five hundred other people that entered. So <laughs> oh, wow.
0: Wow. that's incredible. Yeah, so speaking about of uh, funding and just you know having to make it for next to nothing, did the competition provide you with a budget, or did you have to, you know, crowdfund or or what was what was that process like for you?
1: Yeah, so half the money came from a company American company called Dark Sky. Okay. Um, MPA. They they um they distribute a lot of films as well, like a um, uh, House of the Devil, uh, blah 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 blah, like. They've done heaps, uh, Starry Eyes, which came out recently. Sure, yeah. But um, yeah. So they they put in half the money, and then the New Zealand Film Commission put in half the money. So uh, ba- basically, the New Zealand taxpayer <laughs> funded <laughs> the movie, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> they could have spent it on like healthcare or like starving kids or something, but fuck that.
0: <laughs> now splatter movies—that's what we need to be. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So um, uh, and then um. Yeah they went through, went from there they also um had their own producers in place which was um you know a bit interesting cause, you know we we um we used to producing stuff ourselves so sure. yeah we kind of had producers given to us which we didn't really choose and um what, which was Was
0: that was that process hard? I mean uh, time,
1: it, it you know, was heart, yeah you know, it was it was definitely hard sure. and um it's it's definitely you know given me a bit of insight into the industry and how how sure. things work at, you know because um, I always just imagined it being me and my mates just uh, doing it with the money and you know like uh, you know I read about you know Sam, Sam Raimi and um, Eve right. Dead and that and that you know just and also Toby Hooper uh, Toby Hooper and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre just going out into the country with a bunch of mates and just trying to make a movie and um, right. but yeah I think um, uh, ha- having those guys on board added a lot of like pressure. Like we had to finish the film in a year and we had to, we only had to do it with that budget. We couldn't look for other financing and, um, and yeah, so it was hard, but I think, I think also like uh, having to make a film, you know, having those limitations kind of like forces you to just to like, just to go for it. And yeah, I mean, um, yeah, we'll we'll see, you know, what happens in the future and yeah, what, what, what,
0: you know. Right. No, no, I I totally get what you're saying. Um, so it kind of sounds like, uh, there were some autobiographical elements, at least in the characters. Um, I wonder like what was casting like for the film? And, you know, I mean, were you looking for people that were like, this was me, this was my friends, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, a little bit like, especially like someone like Zach, like, um, uh, Zach was based on one of my mates from high school that was like, um, he was, like, you know, uh, like, kind of better looking than the rest of us. He'd get all the girls and he'd, like, he was kind of bigger than everyone else because he was held back a few years. So he was, like, <laughs> kind of big and, and kind of dumb as well. And um, I, I wanted to have a character a bit like that. So um, Jack James really really kind of nailed that and, and had that sort of just, like, brooding sort of, like, thing going on. Um yeah, um and and with with Brody, I just I um you know there was a lot of suggestions and and um but we had an audition process and um Milo Cawthorn um uh, auditioned and you know I thought he was just fantastic. He was my favorite from the start. He really he kind of um had that he could do sort of like anxious and sort of a little bit quirky and awkward but also he could do you know he had good comic timing which is really important and he could uh he could own it as a bit of a lead actor as well um sure. and he could carry a movie which you know i saw that straight away and also um he had been in a previous film an american film called blood punch so he'd uh, been a lead in a indie horror film before which which meant that he could you know he had had that experience of taking it from a to b and um Yeah, and um, uh, Kim Crossman, um, Kimberly Crossman, she was um, uh, from a soap opera called Shortland Street here in New Zealand. Um, So she was uh, probably our most well-known actor. And uh, she was actually living in L.A. at the time. And uh, she read the script, really liked the script, and just really wanted to do it, but we didn't have the budget to bring her over. And she actually flew herself from um, L.A. to New (laughs) Zealand and just got on board. And it was... uh, fantastic you know she she didn't have she wasn't really into the gore or the uh all that sort of stuff but she just like just totally just went threw herself into it like did all her own stunts and just yeah uh was 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 great all the whole cast were just incredible they were a lot of fun to work with and um actually uh milo and kimberly were both uh power rangers as well (laughs) (laughs) which was cool
0: that's awesome uh, yeah, I mean that's one of the really great things. I mean, especially with an independent film, if you know your cast doesn't feel like they jive, then it then it just doesn't work. And and the cast of, of this film really, I mean, it just it seemed like they had known each other for years, so that was really cool to watch. Um, so in kind of talking about the blood and the gore, uh, we're huge fans of practical effects. I'm I'm a effects artist myself. Oh wow! Uh, what was the kind of the you know the push on on your end to be like okay we're you know we have to do most of this practically
1: i think it's just something that i you know disappoints me about a lot of new films when i see a lot of you know they they, they're good i see a good film but then they just chuck a bunch of cg stuff in it and i just i don't just just feel sort of like ripped off and i think i think cg works for like superhero movies and sci-fi movies because it's like it's all sort of slick and it's fine but horror is just organic and it's meant to be, uh, you know, kind of gruesome and gritty and dirty and I, I think CG just really, isn't really there. It feels, you know, uh, with some CG gore, it feels really weightless and kind of weird and I I mean, I, I watched The Walking Dead and, um, you know, I'm a big, big fan of what those guys do with the makeup but then mm-hmm. um, they also have like a lot of CG kind of, uh, whenever someone gets slashed with a sword, it's all CG and it just feels like like they slashing a balloon or something. I don't know. It's like, you know what I mean? Like if you're slashing a real zombie, you'd like just really hack at it, but they just, they, they sort of lazily flick their arm up and the zombies head explodes into this like CG blood. And
0: and that CG blood is the worst. Oh, it's, it's so bad. It's
1: so disappointing. And, um, yeah. yeah, I just, and I think there's been a push, you know, meet me personally. Um, you know, for, for me, Deathgasm was about, um, it was a love letter to, you know, the music that I loved when I was, like, uh, younger, but also the movies I loved when I was younger. So, it was just, like, a big sort of a package, you know, say, say you know, early 90s, like, what I was into in the early 90s. And I was watching, like, um, uh, you know, Dawn of the Dead, uh, Evil Dead, Brain Dead, <laughs> um, Return of the Living Dead, like, uh, you know, Stuart Gordon movies, Troma. I, I love Troma, so... Um, I, I really wanted to have that sort of vibe there, and I thought I thought it was very really important. And we, so I push hard for that. Um,
0: so in 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 doing that, though, I mean, it's it's an an enormous undertaking, especially with the amount of of practical effects that are in the film. Um, I mean, was that hard given your schedule? I mean, did you have kind of a flexible schedule, <sighs> or what were some of the awards and challenges in in doing? practical
1: yeah the, the schedule was not flexible at all we just had to sure. keep going for it so uh what w- one of the good things though was um uh, we had a contact at um a company called main reactor mm-hmm. and uh they did the um the effects and uh makeup for like uh, the evil dead remake sure yeah. and you know some great stuff there and um uh they actually had you know just a storage container full of like body parts and um <laughs> appliance makeup and just all the stuff kind of left over and they're like well, you know, you know, you can just kind of grab some stuff, <laughs> you know, like just you know, went recycling. We we want to, you know, we want to help you guys out, and um, yeah. So that that was amazing. It really really helped, kind of like bring up the production values. And um, if you if you look closely, you'll probably notice a few props from um, the Evil Dead remake. <laughs> um, yeah, but
0: so in in talking about you know. The, even the evil dead remake I mean one of the the you know the thing that they kept talking about this is a return to practical effects and you know that there was digital elements but it, it was augmenting the the uh the actual real practical and it seemed like that was the case here I mean obviously there are some VFX shots and some CGI shots but they're there you had you had a very light hand um, with with those and and they really looked great I yeah
1: think, you know? yeah and and totally it was it was more like you know we, we use practical as much as possible and then we use digital to bridge that gap and i think that's where it's best used like sure. if if you yeah um and there were moments where like um you know the, the rigs just um you know we, we only had like a one take wonder with like a rig because they had to pump the blood up and so like it's gonna be twenty minutes for us to like um, repressurize the blood, um, oh, so we're like yeah, yeah. okay, <laughs> we're gonna to have to just keep shooting some more more stuff, um, and um, but yeah, you know, I think I think um, definitely like it's 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 a bit, you know CG definitely is useful, and like you know hoses as well. We had a few moments where the hose would like kind of pop up behind like a um, behind. The, the um gore rig or whatever and sure. um yeah painting painting that stuff out is pretty, you know, um straightforward, so
0: Right. Um so, I mean it's a it's it's a blast of a film. I mean it's it's so much fun and it really feels like it's been made for the midnight audience, for the cult film audience, um, what what has the the response been like, and what has the experience of like seeing it with audiences been like for you?
1: Um, it's, it's been really good for the most part. Like, um, I mean, you know, s- some people just really get it and are just really into it, and 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 then you know, so, some people it's just like they just it doesn't appeal to their sense of humor or it doesn't appeal to them. And that, that's cool, you know, it's, it's definitely something that's kind of a <laughs> kind of niche <laughs> really. So, but I, th- I think, um, I think, you know, the response has been far better than I ever expected. You know, I never expected just all these, you know, the, I mean, I'm I'm in Paris right now, um, just got back from like Austria. And before that, you know, just, just traveling with the film, just having that opportunity, right. like, um you know, I, I stayed at this uh, one festival in Germany and they told me that Peter Jackson was in the same festival in the same town, like, for oh, bad wow. taste, like, you know, over 25 years ago. Sure, and uh, he was so again. poor, he had to sleep on um, the festival um, organizer's couch. <laughs> like, oh, wow. And I'm like, what, really? And I, I've never heard that story before. And it just, you know, actually, it's, it's exciting cause you feel like you're sort of, you know, following in those footsteps and, you know, I mean, even if not, it it, it feels like you're, Doing, you know, doing, being a part of something really cool, and um, you know, I I I thought, you know, maybe it'll get into a few festivals, maybe it'll, you know, have um, you know, DVDs in New Zealand. I never thought it would be in the states or anywhere like, um, but uh, like, yeah, Germany had an amazing reaction. Actually, I I never foresaw it, but um, in Germany, you know how they do the three D post conversion.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> They're doing that for Deathgasm on the on the oh, Blu-ray. So, cool. so you can go on Amazon <laughs> and um, <laughs> like. It's even they've made their own cover art, like, uh, and it's called a uh, Deathgasm 3D. So you can go online wow. and order Deathgasm 3D, and I'm just like, really That's <laughs>
0: incredible. That is so I just,
1: cool. Just imagine someone like you know, because they have to cut out like they will have to cut out all the dildos and stuff, right. like. <laughs> and that, that was my job a few years ago doing post conversion. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see how they how they handle it. Um, That's- that's awesome. I mean, it'll be, probably look pretty weird, but like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun. It's, um, and, um, yeah, I mean, it varies from country to country, you know, um, and you know, there's always going to be a segment of the population that just, just think, you know, it's just totally not their thing. And, but yeah, no, it's like, it's like everything really. <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah. Um so the the ending with, you know without saying too much uh kind of leaves leaves it open a little bit is there is there any plan for a sequel anytime
1: Yeah I mean, I'd, I'd love to do a sequel I'm I'm currently outlining something and I you know I think it's um you know we we did our thing with the first one and what I want to do is take the characters and take the the metal and also the the you know the supernatural demon stuff and actually you know take it in a few different directions. Um, sure. So yeah, definitely you know keep the tone the same for the most part, but like maybe maybe I thought the second one could be a bit darker, like be a bit you know grittier and actually have a few scares as sure. well as um, you know st- still keeping that the you know what people enjoyed about the first one, maybe taking. Some of the stuff that, you know, didn't work so well with the first one and, and trying to, like, build on that. Um, and also just making it gorier <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, even more metal, like, um, yeah. And I've, I've actually met some really good contacts, like, so I've been to, like, Brazil and, um, you know, other places and got a few contacts for, like, some, some big international metal bands now that uh, we might be able to get on board, so... You know, obviously we'll still have some, like, you know, really cool underground indie metal bands, but it'd be great to have, like, you know, a couple more sort of, like, sort of big sort of superstar metal bands just to really sort of, like, um, you know, get people <laughs> moshing in the cinemas.
0: Sure.
1: Um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd totally love to do one. It's just, you know, a matter of just getting the money together and, yeah, um, hopefully, you know, people go out and, and you know, uh, see the movie in cinemas that limited release starting October the 2nd uh, in VOD um, and, you know, buy, buy a Blu-ray or buy a T-shirt or whatever and just, you know, help sure. support the film because, like, it's, I guess it's all, all down to, you know, even if we get great reviews, what, what, you know, the people with the money just care about the bottom line. So <laughs> we just need yeah. to convince them that there's a market for it, really.
0: sure. Well, to kind of finish up, I mean, what's next? Would it would, it, would it, a sequel be the next thing you'd want to do, or are there other avenues you want to pursue as a director before before doing that?
1: Yeah, so I just I just finished like a um, uh, you know I've just been flying around and on trains and stuff, but I just finished like a, a script called uh, Generator, which is like a sort of machinist meets Lovecraft sort of a, a horror mind fuck movie um yeah i think it's 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 pretty fun it's definitely tonally like nothing like death so um i'm working on a couple other things like a uh, kind of a like fast-paced sort of violent action comedy thing and um yeah i mean i i, I just wrote like a just a an outline for something like the other night, just like I was up at 2am, just suddenly had this idea and just wrote this whole outline. And yeah, my my wife who actually co-produces with me, like just Uh says, just stop, (laughs) stop like coming up with new ideas. We should just like, just make one of these. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, um, yeah, def- definitely some stuff in the pipeline. I just, you know, I'd love to make a, another film. Really, it's something that a, a lot of New Zealanders don't get to make one film. But I think I, I saw a statistic like, even you know, I think only thirty um, percent of New Zealand filmmakers make more than one film. Oh wow! <laughs> so I'd, I'd love to be in that <laughs> percentage, but um,
0: absolutely.
1: Otherwise, I mean, it's just been a fun ride, and I, I just, I've, I've enjoyed, you know, hanging out with um. Filmmakers and you know and fans, you know, and I I had um, dinner with. It's gonna, it's gonna feel like a a total brag, but I had dinner with uh, Joe Dante, the Gremlins director, the other night. Incredible. I know. I I was just shitting my pants the whole time, just trying not to fanboy out and just get him to sign like, (laughs) like autographs the entire time. Sure. So I mean, but you know, I've just met so many like talented filmmakers and. You know, like from the doing the festival circuit, and it's it's really humbling being able to you know feel like a, a peer to those people, and it's it's just been an incredible journey.
0: Well, Jason, I mean, we're we're really excited to see whatever you do next, and and you know, we're uh, we can't wait to to be able to spread the word about Deathgasm, and everybody can check it out October second in th- uh, limited theatrical release and VOD. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for your time today, and. Uh, we we can't wait to, to see what's next, man.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Mike.
0: Appreciate it. Well, this has been another episode of We're Going to Need a Bigger Show. I have been Mike D. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. We're going to need a bigger show. We're going to need a bigger, 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 bigger. We're going to need a bigger show. We're going to need a bigger show.